Welcome to the 516 Podcast, a ministry production of Community Bible Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a church fellowship focused on being a community of Christ in order to reach our community for Christ. We pray our content would bless and encourage you today. And we're back. Welcome back. back to the 516 Podcast. Woo. We're back, Dr. Pastor Steve. Ah, thank you, Brother Ryan. Well, if it's your first time joining us, we've had a slightly long hiatus. Yes. That's a good word. I like that. That is a good word. I want to invent words like hiatus. Hiatus. I want to yeah. be the guy that's like, hey, you know that word hiatus? I invented that word. Yeah, that but, sounds good. Well, we're back from the hiatus. If you don't know, I'm Ryan, the worship pastor here at Community Bible Church, and this is Dr. Pastor Steve Foster. How are we doing, Dr. Uh, Pastor I'm Steve? doing well. I'm glad we're back. We are back, and we are in probably one of my favorite books of the Bible, the Book of Matthew. Uh, are you just saying that because it's my favorite? No, I, I really do love the Book of Matthew. Is it really your favorite? It, it's uh, That's hard to say what your favorite book of the Bible is, but Matthew's definitely up there. Well, I love the Of the four Gospels, I would say I, I'm partial to Matthew. Your favorite, of the favorite Gospels? Yeah, I think so. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to be back. We had to take a hiatus because we had some challenges because the uh, technical director yeah. was unavailable beforehand. Poor excuses. So we basically had to uh, arrest him and put him on staff to come yeah. help us. So Luke Sands is back, manning the, uh, the E's and the Q's. And he's going to help us out? Yes. Do you have anything to say? No. Good. We okay. didn't want you to say anything. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. We didn't give him a microphone, so. Well, he's a beautiful singer, so you'll, you'll hear him if you come visit us. But anyway, yes. we're back. We hope that this, uh, this ministry, I know a lot of you are listening in different parts of the country, and, which is really cool. Um, and uh, it's, it's just been a really neat experience to be able to launch something like this, and I'm really glad we're getting it back because uh, I think this is such a unique medium of, of uh, communication in the times that we live in. And, um, you know, the Word of God is uh, powerful and effective no matter the medium, and uh, I'm glad to be back doing it. Yeah, me so, too. So, Book of Matthew. Why don't we? Well, before we give just an outline, because we're gonna we're gonna have to play catch up in these next few episodes. Because yes, in are. our church, we go verse by verse, and we've been in Matthew now for <laughs> seven months. So uh, um, yeah, we're eight about months, I think. about halfway through, almost halfway yep. through. So what we're gonna do is we'll have an introductory episode to the book, and then we're gonna have a catch up episode before yep. we get back into deep diving verse Sounds by good. verse. So why? In this season where our church is at and where you're at personally that you wanted to pick the book of Matthew? Well, um, we do uh, verse by verse, and I try to teach the whole counsel of God. And so we try to move around Old Testament, uh, New Testament. And so we just did an Old Testament book, Ecclesiastes. And so we're sort of jumping back in the new. And we haven't done a gospel since the Gospel of John, which was several years ago. And um, so I thought Matthew would be perfect. Plus, Matthew is the bridge between the Old and New Testaments. And to me, it is a key book to understand. In fact, I would say it's probably um, one of the key books uh, of, of all the Bible if you're really going to understand the whole redemptive story. Because Matthew explains sort of that uh, bridge between the Old and the New, what happened to this kingdom that was promised in the Old Testament that didn't come about quite the way the Jews expected. And so Matthew explains that and also sets the table for, I believe, the church age and then the coming of Christ in the book of Revelation. Well, you titled it Thy Kingdom Come. Yes. So give me some background on what 
Well, that comes from the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, or the disciples' prayer, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe deep down that's the longing of every human being. I think um, every time a loved one dies, I think every time we see sickness, every time we see a disaster, every time we turn on the TV, basically, in today's world, I think there's this longing. We may not be able to identify it, but it's really a longing for the kingdom. Um, We were created to live in a garden, and we live in a jungle, and we are waiting for the day when Christ establishes his kingdom on earth, which is that beautiful passage in Isaiah 11 where it talks about the lion laying down with the lamb and the little child leading them and putting his hand in the viper's nest. All those prophecies that we're sort of, uh, we hear about the kingdom, it's just that longing for Christ to reign on earth and for him to set this world right, because we obviously know something's wrong with our world. You know, it's interesting. You you look around at people today and whether it's um, who we idolize, whether it's in politics or media, we're looking for someone to lead us. Oh, yeah. And that's the pattern of obviously the Old Testament with the mm-hmm. people of Israel. Oh, yes. And having a wrestling match with God. Well, we want a king like everybody else got a right, king. Right. But, you know, we're doing the same thing now. And, you know, it's a different, different, t- different era of history, but really the same problems that we are looking for a Messiah. Perfect figure to come yep. and to rule and reign. And I'm thinking in our hearts, we, we, are, we are made for a theocracy, you know, and yep. for a king to come and rule and reign yeah. upon a throne. No, we all know something's wrong, and we all know someone needs to fix it. I always say, you know, you look at all the superhero movies, and what do we know about from superhero movies? Well, something's wrong with the world. Uh, we're powerless to change it, so we're looking for someone with power to come in and rescue us. Of course, we want superheroes. We want people to come rescue us, change our circumstances, and then fly away and leave us alone. We don't want someone to come in and actually say, hey, you need to change your heart. There's something wrong with your life. Like I said, no superhero flies in and says, you know, really, you're making some foolish decisions. You really need to get your life together, and you're a very selfish person. You need to repent. You I mean, those, those kind of superheroes nobody really wants. Well, the powerful thing about book of Matthew, and what part of the thing about Jesus when he comes to earth is that he's not a king like people were expecting to be a king. And what's nope. interesting about Matthew is that you have the the huge gap of difference between his disciples. You got Peter, a fisherman, and then you got Matthew, a tax collector, oh, a yeah. despised figure in that time in that era. So give oh, us yeah. a little background on our authorship of our uh, disciple Matthew. Well, um, Matthew was a tax collector, and he is probably the one that took the notes. He was uh, probably a very educated, very organized man. I don't know if you've you've seen The Chosen. They probably have a pretty good uh, characterization of Matthew, possibly. We just don't know. But most scholars believe that Matthew was the one that probably knew how to take notes. And so Matthew was probably the one who was recording so much of what was taking place and writing it down. And so he I, for for centuries, people assume Matthew was the first gospel written. Today, scholars pretty much believe Mark, and um, and you know you read the arguments, and I know there's some probably some good logic to it, but I still go with the concept that Matthew was probably the first gospel. Um, it's it's a minority view, but it was the almost universal view of the early church, and I think maybe they knew something we don't. And so I believe Matthew was the one that recorded. I think uh, they placed Matthew at the very beginning because I think he was the bridge from the old to the new. And so uh, I believe Matthew was generally writing to a Jewish audience, but it's obvious he was considering the whole world. And um, I just think there's a lot in Matthew. Obviously, all the Gospels give you a different angle on who Jesus is. But Matthew's going to present Jesus as the king. And 
that longing for the kingdom to come. And the question about, wait, the king did come and there's no kingdom. You know, what happened? And I think Matthew answers that. Well, you've got a cool like breakdown, you know, when you look at the different the different gospels and how they do, um, they present a bigger picture of the full identity of yep. what Christ's story was, and there's different elements, but can you break down a little bit of the, before we go all the way down into Matthew, the differences between the four Gospels? Because Matthew, Mark, oh, yes. Luke, and John, the first four books of what is now canonized as the, the New Covenant, New Testament, yes. and why they were put in the order they were, and then what the different emphasis between the two, they yeah. give them the variation. Well, yeah, there are four Gospels, and they sort of present uh, Jesus from a different angle. Um People have sort of seen that there's, from a thematic standpoint, Matthew presents Jesus as a king, Mark more as a servant, Luke as a son of man, John as the son of God. You see that really from the genealogies, you know, Matthew begins with this, uh, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So it's going right to uh, his qualifications to be Messiah, to be the king. Whereas the servant and Mark, you don't have a genealogy because for a servant, that wouldn't be that important. For Luke, the son of man, he goes, traces Jesus' genealogy back to Adam. And then for John, the son of God, he he basically begins with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he goes all the way back into eternity. So I think each one is presenting a uh, different aspect of who Jesus is. Um, each one of them saw uh, Jesus from a different angle, but uh, how do you describe the God in the flesh? I think... There are so many different ways. And so Matthew is a disciple. He's describing him, you know, from one, I took notes. Mark is uh, probably hearing Peter explain um, um, who Jesus is from his sermons, and Mark's writing that down. Luke is a researcher, so he's sort of bringing that whole angle. And then John, another disciple who probably, I mean, obviously wrote after all those three and is just sort of filling in the gaps for some things that uh, were not really stated in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so you get sort of four different angles, um, all of them presenting Jesus um, as the Son of God and the Son of Man. Also, they have a, in the context of what the gospel, who is the gospel speaking to, you have the audience for Matthew being the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was probably very entrenched in Jewish culture, being that he was a tax collector and doing all the things he was doing. So he... You know, and then obviously there's a whole lot of uh, <laughs> confrontation with the Pharisees that we're seeing with the, with Matthew. And so I think there, he probably was paying high attention to that because if he was someone of stature in society, he probably had relationships with people who were of that same stature. So yes. the uh, the audience being the Jews. And I know why you like Matthew because the emphasis is a lot on the sermons and you're a preacher. Oh, and that's why. That's a good point. There are five key when you think through Matthew, there's five key discourses uh, that you have in the book of Matthew, and some people see a parallel to that in the, the Torah, because you're going to see a lot of—in Matthew, you're going to see a lot of tie-in to the nation of Israel, and uh, almost Jesus fulfilling where e- Israel failed. And so, yeah, certainly I love the sermons, and I love the way Matthew has structured it. It's a beautiful book, and there's so much in it, and— um and and one of the reasons I also picked Matthew is in the early church, um, Matthew was the gospel that was the most quoted mm. and really the most formative. And let me—I read this when we did the first sermon. Let me read this description of the culture of the Roman Empire at this time and see if it reminds you of anything. Here's what it was like when um, Jesus lived and when Matthew wrote. Uh, sexual immorality was rampant. Marriage was disposable. Homosexuality was celebrated. 
Abortion and infanticide were common. Religious options were numerous. Spiritual experiences were sought after, often with the use of drugs. Government was expansive and oppressive, and Christians were increasingly hated, misrepresented, and persecuted as enemies of the state. That's the world that Christianity was born into, and the book that they held on to, and the book they read, and the book that just seems to be the most quoted was the Gospel of Matthew, which tells me tells me that that's what they needed to know in the midst of that kind of culture, and I think that applies for us today, too. Absolutely. I mean, the Gospel, well, I mean, we know the final story. We know how this whole thing's going to unfold. But in the meantime, you know, people still have, we're still a stiff-necked, rebellious, sinful yep. people who need, but who need the good news. Amen. And, 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 I, and I do, when you read the words, when you hear the words, there's something just been so special about just, no matter how long you've been a Christian, new believer, just hearing the words of Jesus and, and, and immersing yourself. That's the words of our Savior. That's the words of our God, our King. And so, uh, you know, you think about the Beatitudes and you think about the compassion that he shows time and time and time again in the face of opposition to the least of these. And it's just, um, it is life-changing if you allow it to open your heart. And, you know, I think we are in a time and an era of world history where we see signs being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. We see things coming about no different. And, um, you know, because ultimately, you know, we want the gospel to truly be in us so that it can truly work through us. Amen. To where it's not just a something we hold to ourselves, but that we're taking good news and we're equipping the next generation who come after us, should the Lord tarry, yes. the next generation to carry on the good news. You know, yes. I, I think about that with my with my own children, you know, that the gospel, like I want to know the gospel through and through, truly. And I want Jesus to work it through me, not just in knowledge of words, but in my spirit and in how I live to where it's not just something I talk about or I do as a weekend ritual, but that it's something that's truly changing my life. And a lot of the sermons and not, and so, cause Jesus talks about how to live and then he shows us ultimately how to yes. live, what it means to lay yourself down for the will of the father so that he might resurrect e- something eternal through us. And we have eternal life because of that work. Yes. And so, so it's inspiring and Amazing all and I think one. Uh, I think the Gospel of Matthew is very counterintuitive to how we generally think. Uh, again, going back to that time period, I mean, you had different groups who were around at that time. The Pharisees, who were very legalistic and very conservative in their viewpoint, and were trying to protect uh, Israel's values. And then you had the Sadducees, who were more liberal and sort of just uh, cozying up to the power bases, and uh, the Herodians were part of that as well, and very politically minded. And then you had the Zealots who were just ready to, man, we got to start a revolution. We got to do something. We got to get rid of these Romans. Then you got the Romans. You got the Romans. (laughs) And uh, and like I said, then Jesus had a tax collector who would have been seen as a traitor to the nation, and the Zealot, Simon the Zealot, who were trying to overthrow uh, Rome through violence. And, And Jesus... He took all of that group, which is like, again, very parallel to how people think today, Mm -hmm. and somehow he took them above the fray and said, there's there's something more important here, guys. Uh, The kingdom is bigger than our little stories, and the king is so much greater than any of our political heroes. And it's not, it doesn't mean that uh, we're to be passive, it doesn't mean, it's not uh, trying to Tell us how to be passive or aggressive. The point is, focus on Jesus, yes. allow him yes. to change you. 
and work through you, and that's the key to transformation. Well, you gave me, you gave us one word in one of the sermons, and actually, we've I've tried to find a bunch of different worship songs, but it's this word, behold. Yes, you're and, right. And you know, you think about where we're at in our society, all the noise, and you you look, you just mentioned all the different groups. Feels very loud. Yeah, feels very noisy. Grappling after what you think you need, and just all the chaos of everything. And Jesus says, "Behold!" And what oh, we are yes. beholding is that it's Him. It's not just a new thought or a new. It is I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. The King is here. And sadly, some of them miss Him. Yeah, behold is actually one of the key words in Matthew. You could go through the whole book of Matthew and just highlight behold. And I love behold because you're right. What it's telling us is stop. Almost to be still yes. and know that I'm God. Stop and really take a look at this because we tend to skim, read fast, and the <laughs> behold is supposed to be stop reading fast. Just stop. Look at what you're reading. Look at the, who Jesus is and behold him, and that's going to change your perspective. Well, I am ready to dive in. It's going to be a great another yes. year in the book of Woo-hoo! Matthew. We've already been six months, and we got a whole other year. Yeah, but, we um, do. It's really going to be a blessing. If you had to walk away... For our church, for yourself, for, you know, anybody would talk about what would be the one thing that you would hope that once we have finished our full, um, you know, because we're, we're going through this together as a community. Yes. That's why the Amen. name of our church is Community Bible. It's not yes. solo or Lonesome Ranger uh, Bible uh, yeah. Church. It's yeah. community. We are a community of believers confessing in the truth of Jesus Christ, that he is the way, the truth, and life for salvation through him. What is our? What is your heart, I guess, if you had one goal? I mean, ultimately, we want to do what God wants to do through us, but yes. in your heart and in your spirit where God has been leading you, what would be the one thing you would want us as a collective and all those who are listening to get from the book of Matthew? I think my primary goal, obviously, is that we would behold Jesus and that um, in the midst of the chaos and the noise and the craziness of our world, that we would just fix our eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. I mean, we're we're living in crazy times with so many distractions, and just behold your king. Amen. And remember, and I say this almost every week, Jesus Christ is going to reign on this earth Woo-hoo! is more sure than the sun rising tomorrow. And we just need to keep our eyes on him and stay faithful and listen to his words and manifest his character in the way we live. Feet on the ground. Feet on the ground. It will be his hands, his feet in yes. the earth. That's an amazing thought. Isn't it? Amen. Awesome. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We're thankful for the power of the gospel. God, not only for what it's... Uh, uh, done, but what it will do and continue to do, God, and what it will echo through eternity, that Jesus came, died, rose again for the salvation of souls. Lord, we are so privileged and honored and just in awe of the work that you have done and what you do in us and through us. And we pray that this series, that this ministry, that um, this podcast, whoever it may reach, Lord, as we dive into the deeper um, aspects of this book and how it will shape and form our life. And and God, what you said, what you came and said and did, you spoke these words out into this earth. You got, you came down, feet on the ground, and you spoke these things to us. I pray, Lord, we would be changed and we would stand in awe of you and that we would find um, just uh, an abundance of joy and peace in the mystery that is this unbelievable relationship we get to have with you, uh, God, because we were far from you, but you came in close and Lord, you died and you rose again so that we might have life again and spend eternity with you. I pray that we would behold you in your fullness. 
and that you, in the midst, God would do a mighty work through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad to be back. Me too, brother. All right. Well, we'll be back for a chapters 1 through 11 supercharged, like supercharged interstate Woo-hoo. interstate speed catch up because zero to 60 we got to summarize six seconds. months and 45 minutes can we do it oh definitely all right we're definitely. gonna see how it goes we'll see y'all next time